Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome back to the latest Energized Six Nations Rugby Special. Roscoe, a lot of stuff went down over the weekend. Yeah, big weekend in the rugby. Um, there's three, or sorry, there's still three contenders for the Six Nations title. So I'm really looking forward to Barry you. I am, I am. And I'm sure the people that are tuning in are as well. So if you are new to the Energized podcast, welcome. And if you are a returning Energized listener, welcome back. Welcome back. I wonder how energized we're going to feel today, Ross, because we're fresh out of the gym. Yeah, fresh, lifted all the weights. You know, someone, you know, someone said that to me. <laughs> you know, one of the lads at work said that to me the other day. Well, you're fresh out of the gym. No, no. If you're new to the Energized podcast, oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I laughed. That was funny. Yeah, it's so annoying, man. You're going famous, and I'm going to be the cameraman. Man, if you come into my work, everyone will photo would you? Yeah, but they'll be like, "Oh, Ross, remember they thought you were yeah, a barrier. I will." Yeah. Ah, yeah. sure look, these things happen. Very well. But uh, yeah, Ross, before... Oh yeah, so you've got, you've got to mention how good I look after one session back in a while. Man, you're an absolute beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, love oil and preparation going down. But that, we'll leave that to another show. Ross, um, yeah, there's three people in contention to win the Six Nations right now. Wales leading the pack on 16 points. England coming second on 15 points. And Sheena Fianna Foyle, Ireland, are coming third on 14 points. Um... All three won over the weekend. All three quite convincing as well. Uh, we should probably kick it off with England winning 57-14 against Italy. Uh, everyone in their right mind obviously would back England in this, wouldn't they? Yeah, England, not only did they win, but they looked impressive enough, to be honest. Um, they did. Obviously got the bonus point. I think they had the bonus point secured by half-time and everything. Yeah, it was um, total domination. No, well, no, Italy were good for the first 15 minutes. It was 7 all. Fair play to Italy. Yeah, but you know what? I, I feel like Italy uh, always have a wave against everyone. Where they do all right, and then there's like almost like a lapse in concentration for them, and then the teams just keep on scoring for them. Yeah, it comes down to experience as well. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're missing their uh, leader as well, weren't they? Uh, Parise. Yeah. Was he? Was he not in the squad that time? Okay, no. no. I think there was some other ball fella playing number eight, and I was like, "There he is." <laughs> oh no! Yeah, actually, he was Sergio yeah. Parise. Yeah. yeah. I saw him on the bench. He must have got taken off early. Yeah, maybe he did. Excuse me. Either way, uh, on or off the pitch, they got hockeyed. Yeah, they did. Uh, what was it, fifty-seven, thirteen, or something? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Must have been some water ball, fella. <laughs> yeah, go on, yeah. So what did you say? Uh, what did you score? Fifty-seven points. Fifty-seven points. Yeah, it was thirty-one-seven at half time. There, there we have it. Look, um, Manu Tuolangi was really, really, really impressive in this game. Yeah. Um, for me, he could be a uh, player of the tournament. It, it, it's sort of funny because it depends on who wins the Six Nations is going to get player of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, Johnny May was brilliant. Uh, Elliot Daly was also fantastic as well. So that, about, those England backline look more dangerous than ever. Well, you're shouting out the whole team there, but the man of the match was actually Joe Cockensiga, 21-year-old. Yeah, on Absolute the Absolute monster. Well, I didn't want to say his name because you love him. Yeah. He's your new favourite. No, the second... I, what happened was, I listened back and people were like, oh, he holds it in one hand. And I thought, like, say in like, NFL, when you catch it, you hold it in, um, under one arm. I was like, What's so big about that? And then he literally holds the ball in one hand and like offloads and he's he's like a new wave of rugby player. 21 years old. He, he looks like the future of rugby is going to be bright. Yeah, as if almost he played sevens as a youngster. Exactly, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, like, yeah. He's always willing to throw the ball away. Yeah. Or even rugby league. But, yeah, uh, exactly, yeah. He, looks, he, do, he does look very, very good. Yeah. Also, he's, he's like quite a, a bit of a unit. Yeah, he's very, very big. I wonder what size his hands are. They look, they must be like I don't know what they must be like. What, like size double XL UFC glove? 
Yeah. Like Brock Lesnar hands. Like he, he could literally hold the ball in his hand. It was like uh, when the basketballers hold it in one hand. <laughs> like it was crazy. I haven't seen that in a long, long time. So you saw it see him play against Scotland next week. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really, really am. He, yeah. He's also he's very, very stocky as well. Isn't like very tough to tackle, I'd say. 21 years old, man. Like what's it? Like what's he eating for breakfast? Various. I always find it very impressive when you have those young players like a James Ryan and that that like break into rugby at a young age because it's far more impressive than doing it at a young age in football because rugby is such a physical game that you have to like be physically developed at that age not alone just like have the skills to do it yeah it's far more impressive than rugby yeah 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 uh, yeah what do you make of people who break in young do you think they tend to like stay around long because obviously rugby like I mean it's it's such a physical sport that if you break in at like 18, 19, 20 do you really expect to be there at 30? It's quite an interesting one because... Or sorry, like, or sorry, would it depend on what position you're in? I think it does depend on what position you're in. You look at someone like Gary Ringrose, he broke into the side very, very young. He's still there. He'll be around for a while. But you also look at someone very, very similar uh, position was Luke Fitzgerald. And he broke into the side very young. He played about 10, 11 years at the top. And he was retired by what? 31, 32? Yeah. If not even younger. You know what I mean? So like... With serious injuries. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. The longer you are at the top, the more hits you're going to take and probably the earlier you're going to retire. Like, you have to look at someone like Johnny Sexton while he's 31 or maybe 32. And he's at the very pinnacle of his game. But he's getting more and more targeted as his career goes on. And that's going to have, like, a massive toll on his body after he retires. Yeah. And that's the thing about rugby. It's like get into a car crash each game. And then, you know, playing again the following week. It takes such a toll on the body. Yeah. Like, especially lining, lining up against this fella, Joe Cockensinga. I was like, oh, Jesus. Imagine having to mark him. It's like, oh, I'll mark him, lads. Yeah, but, like, he, it's quite funny because you see someone like Keith Earls, who's quite small, and he, he makes his tackles all the time, and he's very rarely injured. So, I think it's just, you know, a look with the draw at times as well. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. I'd say I say backs. Oh, actually, I don't know. Well, backs have more longevity than forwards. I'd assume so. Definitely. Like, look at Keane Heaney. He's been around ten years at least. Yeah, true. It, it's a bit of a strange one because a lot. Of, you'd think the front row would have the le- least longevity because you know the, the front of the scrum and it's just like you know could be a thousand kilos in the scrum. They always look. They always look the oldest as well, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, the, their faces get the most battered, but. A lot of the props stay around a lot longer. So, so maybe it's, it's a bit of a, a mixed bag. I think back rowers tend to have the shortest lifespan. Yeah. They have a lot of scrummage and then a lot of tackles and get yep. all the rooks. Yeah, I think it's because maybe when they pick the ball up from maybe a scrum or the rook, they get a bit, bit of a bit of momentum and then a smash. Yeah. Rather than, like, if you're just in the scrum, it's like it's not as physical yeah. as it was 10 years ago. Now, and a lot you know? of time when you give the ball to a prop, it's more so just to get another phase going. It's not, yeah. to, it's not to be like... Right, you go score. Yeah. <laughs> all the way, all the way. <laughs> but um, yeah, before we start making predictions, England dominated that against Italy. Uh, what did you expect? Yeah, obviously next week we're going to come out with a whole Six Nation review. So uh, I'm sure if Ireland win the whole thing, we'll get more listeners. But uh, what have you made of Italy so far, man? Because, um, sorry, what's the manager's name? Conor O'Brien? Yeah. Uh, the, like Italy do look to have improved. But also, it's also hard to improve if you never win. So I wonder how hard it is to keep everyone on side and wanting to play the next week. You know, what I mean, like going to going to um, Twickenham 
and having any confidence must be very hard to do if you've never won. Yeah, well, it's going to be very, very rough keep on losing and keep on showing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think the most Italy have ever won is one game in a Six Nations campaign. And I'm pretty sure they were maybe home to Scotland or I think they may be France one time. It's just one of those things where they are slowly but surely getting more competitive. But then again, the Irish, Welsh, Scottish teams are all getting better at the same time. So it's going to be very hard for them to eventually catch up. Also, Italy's like an absolute second-rate sport over there as well. Like Everyone's mad about the football. Yeah. And in Ireland... In terms of professional sports, the rugby players are like more hailed than the football players. Um, well, also because the majority of the Irish rugby players live in Ireland. Yeah, definitely very much so true. Um, and barely any of the players that play in Ireland get into the football team as well. Yeah, which no, I'm sort of getting sick. Of, I'm sort of getting sick of that now as well. Obviously, that obviously that can be put into the like the football show, but the way we're after bringing in two absolute randomers from from Luton, Luton, and who's the other one like Halifax or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just give the top goal scorer in the Aircom League or the Air Tracy League a game. Just give him a game. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah. Like you scoring goals, scoring goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but uh sorry, you were saying. Uh Italy, I just I wonder how much money gets put into their grassroots rugby, if that makes sense. Yeah. They never really seem to have a massive turnout as well. No. So be interesting to see. And a lot of their players are foreign. Now, I know, like, you look at England, they have the Vunipolas, they have Tualangi, they have... Cock and Singer. Yeah. Although he moved to England when he was three or four, so... Yeah, and then you have, like, in Ireland, you have Bundiaki, you have CJ Sander. I mean, like, everyone has their own sort of outcast, you might say, who now plays for one of the home nations, yeah. but... Well, look at France. Yeah, France have plenty of players who so are French. It, it, seems, it seems to be like everyone is at it. Yeah. Bar, bar, Wales, well, bar really Wales and Scotland. Although um, our own two of no, two uh, of two. Tim Visser plays on the wing for Scotland. He's uh, Dutch. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they all have them. Even Wales have them. Well, in fairness, like if you even look at the GAA these days, like if you, like in ten years' time, you're gonna have like Polish players playing for Mayo and Dublin. Yeah, true. You know like, I mean, like uh, emigration's happening whether you like it or not. You know. Yeah, people are just growing up playing for these counties and yeah. growing up playing for these countries if you live there it's fine and you know what I'm not really against it like if they want to play for Ireland they want to play for Ireland that's what's it exactly yeah but um, yeah look I suppose we'll probably talk about the Scotland game and it, Wales yeah before people start realising you're a racist but uh, Scotland, <laughs> Scotland uh, lost to Wales Scotland were at home Murrayfield our second home Ross um, Scotland were also losing 6.15 at half time and then Wales took it away, really, as well. Yeah, look, Wales still on for the Grand Slam. Uh, Jonathan Davies getting on the on the score sheet for Wales. Wales just look very, very solid, don't they? Do. they? Um, they must have great harmony in that team. No, they really, really do. Their back three looks brilliant. Um, and their forwards are brilliant. What's the name of their number eight? I think it's like... Moriarty. No, it's, uh, there's another fella on the team. He has like the dreadlocks. And David, or something I think his name is, or... I can't say it anyway, but... You were talking about him last week. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. number six, Josh Navidi. Yeah, Navidi, sorry, yeah. He's played six. He's brilliant. He's been one of the best players I've seen in the tournament. And I think they have a good platform going forward for the World Cup. They you know do, I mean? they do. And they could be a dark horse for the World Cup. Like, why not? Um, they've definitely got a fancy their chance for the Grand Slam. 
I mean, like, Ireland yeah. hasn't looked that great throughout the competition. And they've beaten everyone, so why wouldn't they fancy their chances? Where's uh, Halfpenny? He's still out injured, yeah? Yeah, he is, yeah. And he was their kicker, kicker as well. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting to see. And look, you could even argue, argue that if they had Halfpenny, they'd be more at uh, full capacity. Um, I think Liam Williams went off injured in that game. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if he's not back fit that'd be a massive loss for him, for them because he's lighting on the wing and George North yeah oh George big Georgie North he, he's massive as well so is he is, isn't he going out with some girl from Dublin is he or is that just I mean he could be now like oh, oh, I don't take too uh, much of an interest in the rugby players uh, love life but, oh, absolute uh, spoofer yeah. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but come here. Look, Scotland, Scotland, like they look like they have that first phase, second phase, and then once it starts getting really into it against a top team, it looks like they sort of fade away. Obviously, they haven't had the players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mean, no one's looking at Scotland saying they could be World Cup winners. Um, and obviously, where they're coming now in the group, they, but in fairness, they are very exciting in their backline. All the same, though, yeah, Ian Russell, Stuart Hogg, they, they can be. Yeah, it's uh, Tommy Seymour. Like they, they have some very good players, but it just seems to be. It's almost like they lack that belief in themselves, almost. that Like, they can win the Six Nations. Yeah, I think it also comes down to the Six Nations that who you play first. Like, if, yeah. you, get, if you get a win first against Italy... Yeah, you get the momentum going. You get the momentum going. I think that's important for anything. It's like if you do anything in work or football or... Yeah, sport. Obviously, we're talking about sport. Like, if you score that first penalty and, and then you get another penalty, it's probably going to go in again. Yeah, definitely. And we even said at the start of the Six Nations, like basically whoever won Ireland versus England was going to win the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, and well, Wales are doing fantastic now. But the way I looked at going into it, it was like Ireland and England are the best two teams. They're the only two teams that really matter. And Wales have been fantastic. So fair play to them. And uh, sorry to all our Welsh listeners who we didn't give them a good chance going into it. Yeah. Sorry about his lads. But yeah. um, Wales beat Scotland. 11, eight, uh, 18 11. Uh, then obviously Ireland played on Sunday. They beat France 26 14. It was 19 0 at half time. It was nearly an absolute shutout until France got two tries near the end. Roscoe, this is the game we are here to talk about. This is what everyone's here to listen to. Yeah. Well, going into the game, uh, Rob Kearney had to come out injured and Jordan Larmer replaced him. It's the first time Larmer started in the Six Nations game, if, if I'm incorrect. No, I think you're correct, yeah. We said before, obviously in the first game against England, we didn't have Kearney. And then when Kearney came back in, we looked a bit more confident. Definitely against Scotland. Against Did he start against Italy? That game was just a bleeding mess. But um, Kearney was out again. Yeah. What did you make of him not being there? Do you think it made much of a difference against France? Because it, it seemed like it was domination again. Uh, I thought Larimer did actually a really, really good job in this game. Uh, I think defensively, I think it was, he got caught out once. Um, a ball went up in the air and he was beaten in the air, but it was a knock-on by France. And they went to score a try and was brought back for it to not be a try. Yeah. Uh, Very eventful first five minutes. Oh, 100%. Uh, look, Rory Best got over the line the first couple of minutes. That was absolutely brilliant. And it was a high-intensity game. I think, yes, defensively Kearney's a much safer option than Larmer at 15 but I think attacking wise Larmer um, uh, offers much more of an option at 15 but it depends on what you're looking for really whether you're looking for the attacking option or you're looking for that defensive security last week obviously we were going through what Ireland's best 15 was as in to date Um, Rory Best Rory Best was put in ahead of Cronin 
we said we want the Henderson and Ryan. Yeah. You said we want Peter or Mandy, CJ Stander. And then you said Sean O'Brien. But Vanderfleer started. And then at the backs, obviously Sexton and Murray picked themselves. And then we had the discussion of Bundyaki or Gary Ringrose. I think we both said that we wanted uh, Farrell, who never even made the bench. And who was <laughs> who did we say? Was it... Um, well, we said Soxel, Earls and Carney picked themselves. Yeah. Yeah, so like we were close enough to picking the team, not far off. If Carney stayed fit, you know what I mean? Uh, I didn't think Vanderfleer was an option for uh, this week. I thought he was going to be injured a lot more longer term. Vanderfleer is, is one of the best out and out sevens in the world. Like He's so good to win the ball on the deck. Uh, he had a great game. I wonder, are they now looking at Sean O'Brien that he's going to sign for London Irish at, uh, at the end of the year? Whether, you know, they're already ostracizing from the from the group. They probably aren't. Um, They probably aren't. They're probably not ostracizing. No, because like Schmidt is going to be leaving at the end of the World Cup as well. No, no, 100%. He, he, he doesn't really have to follow all the rules because... Yeah. He just needs to pick his best 15. But the way I look at it, that Ireland team for the first half was like watching Ireland we were expecting in the Six Nations. Yeah, but not not as good. Not not quite as good, but it was definitely the best performance of the Six Nations so far. It was slowly but surely clicking together. Yeah. Um, it almost seemed like it was our first game, though. Yeah. You know I mean? As in, like, it seemed like more of like a warm-up game. Yeah. I know we've already played three other games, but it seemed like more of a warm-up game. But uh, Ring Rose looked brilliant in the centre. Flash was brilliant. I thought this was Sexton's best performance by a long shot. I mean, an absolute long shot. This Troy score was like, it was like vintage Johnny Sexton. It was, yeah. Um, And then like the inside pass uh, to Earls as well was fantastic. I was just watching going, that's the Ireland we were expecting to see. Yeah. And then I was a bit disappointed with the sort of, you know, I don't know whether you call it the drop-off of performance at the end or, you know, they looked like they were less interested, but when all you, the subs came on. Well, yeah, that's what happens yeah. when you make the subs. Yeah, all the subs came on. And, and in fairness, no one was good. Yeah, exactly. No one was expecting a whitewash, though, you know what I mean? No, like, I wasn't. But when, when I was watching it, I was a bit like, that's what you, like that's not what champions do. Like, if you watch New Zealand play, they don't let a team back into it in the last 10, 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And we were lucky we were so far ahead. Otherwise, we could have been in trouble. Well, that's why the drop off ha- drop off happened as well. I know, yeah, but uh, those players like Oltan, Dillon, uh, Kilcoyne, Noscanel, when they're coming on, they need to be like looking to make an impact to get it into the start in fifteen. They shouldn't be letting in the tries at that stage. Do you think it's too easy to have an excuse to be like, "Oh, the subs are coming on"? Because in fairness, these lads are obviously. But well, these are the guys who are like looking to rob the jersey off the person they're coming off. Yeah, so are we making it too easy of an scapegoat to be like, oh, well, the subs, you know? Yeah, well, I 100% think so. I think there was clearly a drop in concentration in the latter half of the game, and the Irish team wasn't up to the scratch. Just looking at the subs here, none of them, no offence to the lads now, but none of them look like they could just be, take any position off any lads here. Like, I mean, Scannell, Kilcoyne, Ryan, Dylan, Conan, Cooney, Carty, Conway. If anyone, I'd say, if you bring on Conway for Larmer, I'm like, that's fine. I think that's like for like. And obviously, Jack Cohen came on and scored a try. So, like, he's been playing very well in number yeah. eight. He's, a, like, he's a very good uh, try scoring rate as well, by the way. Yeah, like. he is, yeah. He scores a lot of tries. He scored a hat-trick for Leinster before. 
Right, so he does score a lot of tries. Yeah, but I mean, like Conan over Standard, like Standard was yeah. amazing there. Like you know, yeah. I mean? like when Standard was playing, I was like, you know what, that we needed someone like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's one of the best players in the world. Like in any position. Yeah. Even the way he talks, um, he's like, I love to, I love to get stuck mm. in. You know what actually happens if anyone says something bad about him on Twitter, his wife comes on and like absolutely hates them. <laughs> uh, fair play to her. Yeah. Uh, but it just is what it is sometimes, and that Irish team. And maybe not as good as we initially thought they were leading into it. Um, few injuries in key positions, and we looked a bit more frail. Like Jack Carty, as good of a player he is, he's no Johnny Sexton, nor is he a Joey Carberry. You know what I mean? Like that's not like a sexy name to be going on to the pitch. Uh, John Cooney, I think, does look very good at scrum half. Um, I could see him being an Ireland international for a very, very long time. But again, yeah, but the, still drop off, the drop off in experience between himself and Conor Murray. It's frightening. Um, I've seen Ultan Dillon play a good few times. I don't think he's as good as Ryan or Henderson. And then... I think he's potential to be get back into it. Yeah, I think he, he has potential, but it's, again, still a drop-off to what we're used to. And then I think the front row is, like, you're going from players who are going to be rated, you know, in the top 1%, 2% in the world to players who are maybe, what, in the top 10% of players in their position. Like... Yeah. Like, I don't rate Kilcoyne. Uh, don't think he's a bad player, but I wouldn't be... Put it this way, if I was a Munster fan, I wouldn't be like, yes, let's have a scrum. I suppose when you're watching the Leinster player, when Leinster, and it's like Healy, Cronin, and Furlong, you're like, all right, let's have a scrum there because we're going to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've less confidence in the in the front row that came off the bench. Yeah, but what what you put that down to? Do you think that, like, uh, maybe we are spoiled with some, like, world-class players, obviously Sexton Murray... Or do you just think, yeah, like, like you know what I mean? I know obviously Ireland is a small country with only like six million, and like we're we probably like the least amount of. I don't know, like I mean, like we're obviously blessed to have a Brian O'Driscoll. We're blessed to have a Johnny Sexton. But do you, do you think like some of these lads, even a Peter O'Mahony, like do you, do you think we're sort of spoiled with that amazing talent? You know what I mean? Where, oh. Whereas like the, some of these players will never reach that level. No offense to uh, Jack Carty or anything, but I can't see him being much better than like Ian Keatley the, or even uh, who's your man that got banged up or had to move England Paddy Jackson Paddy Jackson yeah the, the way I look at it is um, I know a lot of Munster fans won't like this but Leinster have a lot of the talent a lot of the talent on the, on the up and up yeah. and you can actually see a lot of that talent is now having to move up north or across the Connacht and I'm okay with that because Joe Smith has shown that if you play good for one of the other provinces a la Bundiaki John Cooney for Ulster you can still make the squad. So yeah. what you have now happening is Jack McGrath's going to move up to Ulster next year because you can't get a, a spot ahead of Keane Healy. But that's also because you have Brian Byrne and Ed Byrne who are young talent on the up and up. Uh, Andrew Porter is very unfortunate because he has tight furlong in front of him and he's one of the best young props in the country. Also have people like Jack Anger who are like on the rise and they might have to go for Connacht for a year or two or they might have to go up to, up to Ulster because... The players in front of them are so good, but if they're if they are the next best player, it's very hard for Andy Farrell, who's going to be the next head coach, pick the Lancer sub prop when the Munster uh, first team prop is they they're playing every week. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a lot more of a geographical change of where where rugby is being played in Ireland going forward, and I think that's going to really help the squad be like for like replacements. 
Yeah. Better game depth. Yeah. But, but mo- look, d- d- sorry, uh, I know you, you came out with a good point there. Obviously, I have to say it or else you give out to me off there. <laughs> but uh, are we are, are we spoiled to have people like Johnny Sexton, uh, Brian Driscoll, Conor Murray, oh, Paul 100%, O'Connell? Yeah, like these are, you know, the best, if not the top three best players in their position for the last five or six years. And we're more than blessed to have them. Yeah. I mean, like New Zealand would love to have Johnny Sexton or Conor Murray. Both. Exactly, yeah. I mean, any team in the world would have taken Paul O'Connell. Yeah, I know, yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like, Ronald Driscoll's probably the best 13 to ever play the game. So, like, yeah, we're absolutely best to have these players. Yeah. And who knows, the under-20s as well, they, they could have some serious players coming through as well. They're after, they're after winning uh, the under-26 nations. Yeah. And they're on for the Grand Slam now against Wales. Yeah. Over in Wales. It's absolutely massive game over there for them. So, it's good to see, like I said, all this young talent that's coming through for Ireland. Do you know what I mean? We're wave after wave of absolute brilliant rugby players. What are they going to do with all that talent, man? That's what I'm saying. That's what. But like, a, like a, there's a difference between having like a load of really, really talented players, or else those certain players like the Brian O'Driscolls, the Johnny Sexton, that really take it up above, and then make these other guys have to sort of move. You know? Yeah, that's why I do start to worry that we might have to start breaking that rule about Irish players going abroad. Yeah, I was like, just thinking that. Yeah, like. Put it this way, if you have, let's say, six... Cause, cause sorry, so, some people develop even more at the age of like 23, 24, 25. Yeah. Rather than like, you could have your superstar captain of the SCTs at 18, you know? Yeah, like if you look at someone like, I don't know, Jesse Lingard from Man United, he's the best he's ever been. And he's 25, 26. And that's when he started to flourish as opposed to yeah. when he was 19, 20, he was still some little skinny kid. Um, and that's why you have to look at it with, with the rugby as well. Um put it this way scrum half or out half you know what I mean Ireland could have six or seven absolutely brilliant scrum halves or out halves and you know a lot of these players you play are absolutely born and bred winners and they don't like accept sitting on the bench exactly yeah and sitting on the bench yeah because for them because exactly like how competitive senior cup and junior cup rugby is yeah. they could be the captain of their team and then all of a sudden they are behind a guy who they always beat yeah you know what I mean and that's gonna that's gonna kill your ego. Yeah, and that's 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 another thing. Like, look at senior cup rugby, and like you watch sort of from the quarterfinals onwards, and you see how like high caliber the rugby is, and the, all the teams are so well drilled. Yeah, professional. Yeah, they're already professional. And if you think about it, Leinster gets to go at the end of the senior cup and go, right, we'll take you know a twenty three man squad out of that, and like that's gonna be the next wave of players. You know yeah. what I mean? And there's still other people looking in. Yeah, but um. We'll obviously, we're going to review everything next week after this weekend's fixtures. But uh, I think we should probably just look into this weekend's fixture, Roscoe, shouldn't we? Definitely, yeah. Are you sure now? Uh, okay, Saturday, it kicks off at half 12. Italy taking on France. This is going to be the bo- the battle for the bottom of the barrel. I'm going to say Italy are going to get their much-needed win here. Do you think so, yeah? Well, obviously France are going to be heavy favourites to win the game, but... I think I like the way the Italians have played so far. France don't travel that well. And I think this is a good opportunity for Italy to get a win on the board. Yeah. And Italy are at home. Well, like, uh, you know I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll, I'll go for Italy for the win. I know France are on six points. So, like, France might play their second stream ag- string can, again. Can Italy early on zero points, are they? Uh, absolute zero. So, they're going to come up in the last one way or the other. Yeah, last full one stop. One way or another. Yeah. Then um, the second game of the day is Wales taking on Ireland. This is at a quarter to three. Roscoe, man, the biggest game of them all. Um, absolutely. Um, 
look, if Ireland win and England don't win, Ireland can win the whole championship. Um, yeah. A Wales win will just have them in the championship. Um, obviously, England win and then Ireland win, England win the championship. So, like, this is where it gets very up in the air. I'm a bit nervous about this one. I have no idea how it's going to go. I think it's going to be very, very close. Who do you think is impressed more during the Six Nations, Ireland or Wales? Definitely Wales. Yeah. Um, when they beat I, England, they look to be by far the better side. And they won away. And they won away, so... It, it's like what your heart says and your head yeah. says, you know? Um, you don't want to be that one Irish guy that says Wales are going to win and then Ireland win the, grand, the Six Nations. Yeah, off the, off the back of the Irish performance against France, I think they can really, really build on that. And I think Ireland can go over there and do a job against Wales. Um, Ireland always get up for playing against Wales. They don't like Warren Gatland, the Welsh coach, so I'm going to say Ireland will go over there, get the job done. It might hand England the Six Nations, but that's who I think is going to win the game. I'm just going to go for Ireland because uh, obviously I'm biased. But, what? Uh, <laughs> and and you were born in France, Kibo. I know. Man, I was born in... Yeah, France, yeah. En français. Uh, oui. Bonjour. Uh, then the final game. England versus Scotland. This will be the most watched Six Nations game probably the whole entire competition. Bar the first game. England taking on Scotland, man. England for the Calcutta Cup. For the Calcutta Cup. England need a win. England know if they... they who are you backing for this, Ross, before we get Well, England are going to know before they step onto the pitch whether the, whether they can win the Six Nations or not. I think either way, England are going to win the game. Um, who knows? Uh, I, I'm not too sure what will happen is if England win with a bonus point, does it go head-to-head? Uh, or just go yeah. on, on yeah, push no, it, Well, if Wales beat Ireland, they get three points for a Grand Slam. Oh, do they? Yeah. Well, I didn't even realise that was the thing. So there you have it. Wales are 100% going to win. Oh, I think they had like, the rule in recently how... If you won the Grand Slam, you couldn't actually not win it. But uh, look, I think England are going to win. And England won the Six Nations. So there you go. Let us know who you think is going to win it. And we'll be back next week to review everything. And as always, stay stay energized. energized. How long was that?